Yo, what is going on, everyone? My name is Nick or the Notorious Fantasy Edit. Today's video, we're going to be talking about the most undervalued wide receivers for fantasy football in 2021. The fact that they are undervalued comes from my perception of their average draft position right now, based upon how much value I would put on drafting the player inside of my draft. So I believe that these guys are all going to be late round wide receiver steals in your 2021 fantasy football drafts. But before we get into this breakdown of these four wide receivers and why I tell you why I think that they are undervalued or underrated, however you kind of want to go about saying it, I want to ask if you do end up enjoying this video to please make sure to hit that subscribe button down below. Not only is it free, I put out content every single day to help you guys win your 2021 Fantasy Football Championship. And whether you are new or not, please consider hitting the like button down below to help boost this video up the algorithm so that more wonderful people like yourself can see today's video. So the first wide receiver I want to be talking about today is John Brown of the Las Vegas Raiders. Now, normally we look at underdog ADP, but I decided to go with a kind of concoction of a couple of websites together and average them together. That is going to be ESPN, Fantrax, FFC, and RT Sports. His average at the wide receiver position is number 66. Point six. Now, when it comes to drafting a player for the Las Vegas Raiders, not a lot of people are super high on this offense. Sure, people do talk up Darren Waller, and I am a part of that train. But besides that, Josh Jacobs' value got suplexed by Kenyon Drake. And then you talk about Henry Ruggs. How confident could you be on Henry Ruggs game in, game out? Derek Carr is a guy that I somewhat like at the quarterback position, but no one really seems to want to be drafting him. So why would I want to draft a guy like John Brown? It is for exactly the reason that not too many people are looking at this offense. John Brown, in my opinion, can easily be the wide receiver number one in targets for the Las Vegas Raiders. While Henry Ruggs is there, do you personally believe that Henry Ruggs is the kind of a wide receiver that can be an alpha at the NFL level, in my opinion? No, I think that... Henry Ruggs is one of those big play wide receivers, one of those wide receivers that's going to have four, five, maybe even six great games all season where he just takes the defense, puts them in a swirly, and gets like 150 receiving yards and two touchdowns. I think that's the kind of wide receiver he is, like a Marquise Brown type of wide receiver. I don't see Henry Ruggs, at least in this offense, as the speedy wide receiver like Tyreek Hill. I see him more as a Hollywood Brown type of deal, if you can understand what I'm saying there. So with this this offense with the amount of wide receivers there that I don't really like, I think there's a pretty solid chance that former Buffalo Bill wide receiver John Brown ends up being the lead dog in the targets department for this team. In nine games, he finishes the wide receiver 83 in PPR last season in Buffalo, wide receiver 79 in half PPR, and the wide receiver 76 in standard. Averaging 10.8 PPR points per game, 8.9 half PPR points per game, and 7.1 standard points per game, making John Brown, from a points per game perspective, wide receiver 52 in PPR tied to the Michael Gallup, 53 and half PPR, and wide receiver 48 and standard tied with Michael Gallup, LaVishka Chenault, and Preston Williams. So, like I was talking about, I believe that this Las Vegas Raiders offense is going pretty undervalued as a whole, especially with the likes of Derek Carr and Darren Waller not really being the consensus number two tight end. I really believe that Darren Waller has number one 
tight end upside to beat out a guy like Travis Kelsey. But with how this offense works, I honestly think John Brown is sitting very pretty to potentially become the number one target in this offense. And say, maybe Nick, he gets out-targeted by Henry Ruggs, or he gets out-targeted by Darren Waller. He is still in the perfect position to be then the wide receiver number two in targets. And at this value of wide receiver number 66, I think that's pretty good value for a guy that is probably a coin flip from being the wide receiver one in targets or wide receiver number two. Who else are they going to be throwing the ball to on this Las Vegas team? I'm not sure at the wide receiver position. I am not too sure. Sure, Kenyon Drake will get some dump offs. Josh Jacobs will get some dump offs. Darren Waller is going to have an excellent season. But other than, than that, who's the other wide receiver on this team that's going to steal John Brown's value? Is it going to be Hunter Renfro? I honestly do not believe so. Last year in those nine games, John Brown had a grand total of 52 targets for 33 receptions, 458 receiving yards, and three total touchdowns. I understand none of those stats are going to get you all pumped up, all ecstatic to be drafting John Brown, but the reason why I like John Brown is because he's on a completely different team. Last year in Buffalo, Stefan Diggs really stepped up, beat down the expectations of a third, fourth round ADP, and was one of the best wide receivers in fantasy football. Cole Beasley. While he's in the news a lot now, he's one of those guys that was a very solid wide receiver and it kept knocking John Brown down the depth chart and obviously he ended up getting hurt, missing a bunch of games. So he didn't have much of a chance last year. But here in Las Vegas, I personally believe he is going to compete for the number one wide receiver spot on this offense. And if you can take the shot on him this late to potentially be the wide receiver one, why wouldn't you do that? Even if the belief is that the Raiders aren't this super explosive offense. But I wouldn't be surprised if they finish middle of the pack as an offense as a whole. Next up, we have a wide receiver that I've been beating the drum for for a while after the exit of Julio Jones. That is wide receiver of the Atlanta Falcons, Russell Gage, current ADP wide receiver, number 58 and a half off the board. Now, when it comes to Russell Gage, I don't really understand why people are nervous about Russell Gage or why he's even falling this far down the draft board. Because with Julio Jones there, obviously, Russell Gage was cucked into a wide receiver three position. There's no real way that he was going to surpass Calvin Ridley, and there was no real way that he was going to be able to surpass Julio Jones without an injury. And obviously... The injury happened last year, and Russell Gage stepped in for Julio Jones' spot and filled his shoes quite nicely. But now we are going into an offseason where Russell Gage is the clear wide receiver, too. Sure, they have other wide receivers on the team who are solid, but I don't think anyone can really take that role from Russell Gage. I do understand that Kyle Pitts is going to be very heavily involved in this offense. Very heavily involved. They wouldn't have drafted him as highly as they did if they didn't believe that this guy was going to be a weapon year number one, which I believe he will be. But I still think that Russell Gage is being underappreciated for the wide receiver that he is. Last year in 16 games, he was the wide receiver 37 in PPR, 37.5 PPR in the wide receiver 40 in standard, averaging 11.3 PPR points per game, 9.1 half PPR points per game, and 6.8 standard points per game. Meaning from a points per game perspective, he was the wide receiver 48 in PPR, 48.5 PPR tied with T.Y. Hilton and Michael Thomas, and the wide receiver 54 in standard tied with Kiki Cootie and Debo Samuel. But what I want to talk about Russell Gage is not his season totals at the end of the year, which are some 
somewhat important, so we are going to bring them up. But what I really want to look into is the splits with Julio Jones in the games versus without for Russell Gage. If you look at his target total on last season, he had 110 total targets, 6.9 per game. Very nice. I like number 22 at the wide receiver position. 72 receptions, 4.5 per game. Number 25 at the wide receiver position. 786 receiving yards, 38th at wide receiver, and four total touchdowns. 48th highest at the wide receiver position. These stats, in a way, go to show you that he is going to be used in this offense. He was number 22 in targets at the wide receiver position, and Julio was still in a lot of games last season. It's not like Julio missed the whole entire 2020 NFL season. So now when you look at these splits, you can really tell that when Julio Jones is gone, Russell Gage is going to have a big opportunity to have a lot of success this season in 2021. So the stats are in split with Julio Jones and out of split are without Julio Jones. So he played in 22 games since 2019 with Julio Jones and eight without. In the 22 games with Julio Jones, he was averaging 8.32 PPR points per game, which basically just makes him a wide receiver that you would pick up off the waiver wire, throw into your lineup, and hope he has a big play game. But without Julio Jones, he was averaging 11.66 PPR points per game, which is a flex option-ish type of player. 6.36 half PPR points per game versus 9.47 half PPR points per game without Julio Jones. 4.41 standard points per game versus 7.29 without Julio Jones. His receiving receptions went up, obviously receiving receptions as if that is a real term. 3.91 receptions per game versus 4.38. This is because of an increase in targets. 5.86 per game versus 6.88. An increase in yards, 38.18 versus 49. And an increase in touchdowns, 0.09 versus 0.38 in the Atlanta Falcons offense. So to me, when it comes to Russell Gage, there's a very easy and a very clear path to see that this guy is going to be seeing a lot of work inside of this offense, and he is on one of the offenses that at the end of the year, you could easily project every single year, obviously unless Matt Ryan gets hurt or something, knock on wood, that this is going to be one of the most pass-heavy offenses in the NFL. Sure, they go ahead and bring in Mike Davis, who I like at the fantasy football running back position. I think he's an excellent pass catcher, all of this, but there's still a team that is going to be one of the most pass-heavy teams inside of the National Football League, and that's going to help elevate Russell Gage's prowess even more for fantasy football. I project week one up against the Philadelphia Eagles. Russell Gage is probably going to win people so much fucking money on DraftKings, on FanDuel, because this guy is going to be super cheap. He has a smash spot up against the Philadelphia Eagles. That's obviously not something that's super important for season long, but I do believe in these great matchups that Russell Gage will easily be in your line up a couple of weeks on the season and where you're drafting him at wide receiver 58 to me that seems like a humongous steal next up we have wide receiver of the new york football giants sterling shepherd current adp wide receiver number 65 off the board but before we get into this breakdown of sterling shepherd i'd like to ask if you guys have ended up enjoying thus far to please make sure to hit that subscribe button down below now with this offense in new york people were projecting that Kadarius tony was going to elevate himself from getting out of college into the NFL, and bada-bing, bada-boom, step inside the room. He is going to be the wide receiver, two on the New York Football Giants. But he's starting the year on the PUP, the physically unable to participate, I believe, and the word out of training camp or OTAs, whatever the fuck it's called, before training camp, he wasn't good. He didn't look good at all. 
And there's a lot of reports coming out from Giants beat writers that Sterling Shepard is the clear wide receiver two in this Giants offense behind, obviously, Kenny Galladay being the wide receiver number one. And while I'm not the biggest fan of Sterling Shepard, the other guys around him just aren't the hottest. Again, like I was saying, Kadarius Toney, not someone that should be really talked up for this fantasy season. Darius Slayton, he had his time in the limelight, could not do it. So Sterling Shepard has been a wide receiver on this Giants team for a bunch of years at this point since he's been drafted into the National Football League in 2016. That has been an all right fantasy football option. Last year, he played in 12 games, finishing as the wide receiver, 43 in PPR, 46 and half PPR, and 51 in standard, averaging 13.5 PPR points per game, 10.8 half PPR points per game, and 8 standard points per game. Meaning, from a points per game perspective, he was the wide receiver 33 in PPR, 35 and half PPR, tied with Cooper Cup and Odell Beckham Jr., and wide receiver 37 in standard, tied with Titty Boy T. Higgins. So, people really need to broaden their horizons and start talking a little bit more about wide receiver Sterling Shepard. Now, with how far he's going in drafts, he's basically going undrafted. And while I'm not the biggest fan of the Giants offense, I'm not the biggest fan of Daniel Jones. There is certainly room for improvement. Now, I was watching ESPN, NFL Network, and one of these talking heads on the television was talking about how Daniel Jones was going to have a Josh Allen-esque emergence in 2021. I turned the television off, don't even remember who said it, because it was the dumbest shit I've ever heard in my life. But with that said, I still think that Daniel Jones is going to improve. This offense is going to get better with Kenny Galladay. This offense is going to get better with Saquon Barkley healthy. All of those things combining together could form a nice opportunity for wide receiver two of the team, Sterling Shepard, to have a nice, healthy amount of targets in 2021. Last year, he had 90 targets, 43rd highest at the wide receiver position for 66 receptions, 30th highest at wide receiver, 656 receiving yards, and four total tugs on the season, 48th highest at the wide receiver position. If you ask Robert Kraft, that's a pretty low amount of tugs for a whole their 12 games slate. Am I right, Robert Kraft? The king of the tug. So Sterling Shepard, again, there's nothing that screams out to most people about Sterling Shepard. But what I see is just a lot of value. A lot of a offense that should be emerging to get better. A lot of a player that's been solid in the past, a safe option in the past. That's going to be the wide receiver too behind Kenny Galladay. That should be drawing a lot better or a lot worse coverage now for Sterling Shepard. So I'm pretty excited to draft him. I think the Darius Slayton kind of experiment has ended where his opportunity will be a lot more limited. I think Sterling Shepard steps up big time this year. And I think that Sterling Shepard is certainly worth that really late round flyer. Final wide receiver to be discussing today after the injury of Michael Thomas. This guy's name is going to be getting shot up the average draft position. Shot up draft boards. Wide receiver of the New Orleans Saints, Traquan Smith. Wide receiver 78.7 by the time you're watching this tomorrow, probably wide receiver 60, and it's going to continue to keep on chugging, keep on going up, because Traquan Smith is the only wide receiver on this team that I have any fucking faith in, any faith to do anything. But Nick, they'll probably bring in another wide receiver. By the time you're watching this, they may have brought in another wide receiver, but who's it going to be? Des Bryant? Alshon Jeffrey? Uh, if you're listening to a podcast, I probably just made a disgusting face. Like, what the, like, what do those names mean? They mean nothing. 
They mean nothing. Traquan Smith is not Michael Thomas, I'll tell you that much. But if Traquan Smith is given the role in this offense to be the wide receiver one, I believe he can succeed. He's been a guy in the past that in 2019, 2020, people hopped on the hype train of Traquan Smith, but things never just hit perfectly. It was never a chef's kiss play. It all kind of just went wrong for, Tra for Traquan Smith. But I think this year, this is his greatest opportunity to succeed, considering Michael Thomas, I talked about it in a video yesterday, is probably going to miss up until October. Could miss even longer if there is any type of setback because of how long that injury takes to heal after having surgery in June. Obviously, for some reason, comes out in July that that happens. You don't want to know why, because the NFL teams don't have to really tell you anything. It came out a couple weeks ago that Brady was playing with like the half-torn MCL or some shit. So the NFL teams don't really have to say anything, I guess. That's how that works. So Traquan Smith's value just comes from him having, in my opinion, the greatest chance to become the wide receiver one in New Orleans. Last year, didn't do all that much. Wide receiver 72 in PPR, 69 in half PPR. Very nice. And wide receiver 69 in standard, averaging 7.4 PPR points per game, 6.2 half PPR points per game, and 4.9 standard points per game. Meaning from a points per game perspective, he was the wide receiver 85 in PPR, 82 in half PPR, and the wide receiver number 82 in standard from points per game perspective so nothing special out of him in his career thus far we did see a very solid game though last year up against the Detroit Lions where he put Desmond Trufant Desmond Desmond Trufant I should say I think I pronounced his name wrong so I just edit that out Desmond Trufant in a fucking spin cycle and was wide receiver 11 on that week so he does have that kind of boom potential especially on an offense with Jameis Winston as what should be the starting quarterback but Nick I think Taysom Hill is gonna start people do think that people for some reason still do think that and I understand why you come to that thought because Jameis Winston isn't the greatest quarterback but I believe that with the LASIK he is going to be a new crab stealing famous Jameis Winston and I'm willing to take the wide receiver one in this offense because it's head coached by Sean Payton and because I believe uh, Jameis Winston is crazy enough to just be throwing the ball deep down the field to Traquan Smith 7,000 times a game even if it leads to interceptions it's fine because he's just going to be getting so much opportunity in the game he's not necessarily going to put up my Michael Thomas numbers and you should not expect that at all but he is a pretty safe pick considering where he's going as wide receiver 78 who could return wide receiver two value a couple weeks of the season and could be a solid flex week in and week out before Michael Thomas returns and maybe even when Michael Thomas comes back Traquan Smith has etched himself out a very fine role inside of this offense so thank you guys all so much for watching this undervalued wide receivers video let me know down below in the comment section what you thought about these undervalued wide receivers. And if you think that there's a player that was missing from this video that you prefer uh, over any of these guys as an undervalued wide receiver for fantasy football in 2021. Thank you guys so much for watching. I love you guys all. I hope you have a great rest of your guys' day. And make sure down below you check out all of the articles that I'm going to link that I've written recently so you can read them all. And, you know, just get some extra content from me. Thank you guys. I love you guys all from deep down. Have a great rest of your guys' day. Stay safe. Happy Today the weekend, it's Saturday, baby, as you guys are watching this. Happy weekend. We finally made it. I love you guys all. Stay safe, as always. Good boy.